Lots of blood and gore Five, six, Freddy's goofy tricks Seven, eight, another deadly thing Nine, ten, never podcast again Hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. It's the only podcast in existence that covers movies. But not just movies. There's a reason why we're here. What is that reason, Jordan? I think what it is, if I really think about it, we exist to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. Yes, that is why. And there are two other podcasts that talk about movies. But don't listen to any of them. Yeah, there's three of us. Um, so here we are. Micah. Yeah, go ahead. Take it away. What do you want to say? I got a friend. You got a friend in me? No. He's, he's really fun. Uh Uh-huh. But I only see him in my dreams. Uh Uh-huh. But he just, he likes having fun. Uh Uh-huh. And darn it if he's not fun to hang with sometimes. Uh Uh-huh. He goes by the name of Freddy Krueger. That's right. The guy's just looking for a good time. Yes, we are covering the Nightmare on Elm Street series. So, folks, that's where we're headed. Now, a couple of upfront things. Well, actually, just one. I just want to say, if you were to, if you are someone who listens along, we're going through the entire Nightmare on Elm Street, and we will be including the remake. 2010 remake, and we will be including Freddy versus Jason, but we will not be covering the Friday the 13th series, you know, at the same time or anything like that. Oh, okay, yeah. But I just need people to know that so that if they're renting the movies or whatever, uh, look up a list, and we are including Freddy versus Jason, which will be hilarious because Jordan and I have seen zero Friday the 13th movies. Yeah. So it's could be one of our funniest episodes ever. Yeah. Because we'll we're not going to know what's Surely have a lot of questions. Absolutely. We will have questions and don't call me Two Shirley. Two things I know about Jason. We will have questions and don't call yeah, me Shirley. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Two things I know about Jason. He wears the hockey mask. He has the machete. Yep. And it's camp. Oh, yeah. Summer camp. And his mom is the killer. In the first movie. In the first movie. Yeah. That's all I know about Jason. Prior to this movie... Yes. All I knew about A Nightmare on Elm Street was teenagers had sex. Yes. And there were dreams. I knew that. Uh-huh. But that, that's all I knew. I know. It's its surprising to me that this was not a Martinez girl staple growing up. Well, let me up. tell you my first time attempting to watch this movie. Oh, could I do one other thing before we get there? Oh, no, fine. So I, no, actually do your thing. Sorry. For real? Yes, for real. Uh, So the first time I tried watching this movie was in high school with Sydney. It was Halloween. Um, too old to trick or treat, but I think wishing we could. And um, we were like, well, we got to watch a scary movie. So we're like, oh, this one's supposed to be a classic. Let's watch yeah. it. We didn't even get to the first kill. I don't even think we got to Freddy. Because if we would have gotten to Freddy, I don't see why I would ever turn that off. Yeah. But it was... We were so bored. I mean, we were high schoolers, teenagers. We yeah. we wanted it now, and we wanted it early on the, the gore. So And this movie's not boring either, which it's is not, funny. It's not. I mean, we clearly just weren't in the mood. I think we ended up watching One Miss Call, which is like oh, it's terrible such a sad, movie. Terrible a movie. sad audible to pull. But um, I think for me, it's like all they do is have sex. 
Which I'm bored. I, I mean, I think they do once in this movie. It's like well, way less even, than Halloween. Well, they don't even show anything. <laughs> I know. And so there's like nothing. Let's say it's, you know, me as a teenager and it's like I'm embarrassed uh-huh. or something. Like, I don't even think it's on that level. No, it's really, it's really not. I mean, it's just, yeah. The, so you. I had, was not in the mood to watch it. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. And so this was, as most people who listen to this podcast know, I've only recently become a horror hound. I think I'm coming up on my one-year anniversary of, like, truly embracing horror. Like, because like, I've been watching more horror, but I think for a little over a calendar year, I've been seeking it out, which yeah. there's a big difference between, okay, I'm going to watch this classic horror and, like, ooh, let's watch this scary movie or whatever. Yeah. And, so. and what really did it for me, no, maybe it's two years, yeah. because when we covered Insidious, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I've missed a lot of cool yeah. stuff. And then last year, around this time, because we've kind of been loosely doing some scary movies around October, and we started doing Scream. And as we're doing Scream- Was Insidious not around October? It was the oh, previous okay. year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as we're doing Scream, we're talking about Wes Craven, and he's, of course, very famous for the Scream movies, but I think he's most famous for A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. The movie we're covering today. Yeah. Uh, and so we, I, I think during that time you saw it was on HBO Max, and you watched it. I watched it alone. I, this yeah. is like a year ago. I watched yeah. it alone. Finally, for the first time, I was like, I'm not turning this thing off. I know it's better than whatever my dumb high school self thought. Yeah. And then, as watching it, I get to the first introduction of Freddy, and I'm like, this is one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. I love this so much. Freddy is my new best friend, and I yeah. want to hang with this guy. Yeah. He's awesome. Be careful what you wish for, though. Remember. Oh, I know. I know. But <laughs> we, we've seen three of the, four of them. Uh, I, I think we've seen five, actually. I don't know if we've seen five. I think we've watched five of them. That doesn't sound right. But while, uh, man, I'm not even talking to if I if I think it's good or not. They're all so fun in their own way. Yeah, yeah. So far, so so that happened, and then and then I was home alone one day, and I and I thought, yeah, I was raving to you about it. Yeah, I thought, I oh, I'll watch it. it. And you'd showed me that crazy kill of um, what's her name. Gretchen or Tina not, Tina yeah Tina um and I was just like whoa this is if it, it's worth it just for the the effects yeah if nothing else I've noticed that for some big horror movies big classics I think I missed out on them a lot of them because either too scared because they're uh-huh. so notoriously scary yeah or um my parents didn't watch it so it wasn't really right. like important to me because we yeah. watched Halloween at a late age yeah and I don't know if my parents have seen it. I think I've always been a little scared to watch that one. Yeah. And then I recently watched Suspiria, which is a movie I've always kind of avoided. Yeah. Because apparently it's like one of the scariest movies of all time. Right. Big recommend. Yeah. I I think Decades like later. with me, my parents were not interested. They didn't watch horror. Yeah. Um, And then my sister, I hope you don't mind me saying this, Rebecca, but she tends to have nightmares, even if the movie wasn't even that scary to her. So she avoids horror movies for the most part. Yeah. Um, and I would actually tell you, Rebecca, you should probably watch Nightmare on Elm Street because it's fun. It is fun. But it is about nightmares, so maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, I, I thought, like, like that's why the horror's never really been a part of my DNA until recently. Because now you love it so much, 
it's kind of like you got to evolve or die, Micah, because <laughs> Jordan loves horror this and she's going to want to watch station, it. And it ain't waiting for yeah. you. Yeah. But speaking of nightmares, I had, I wouldn't say it's a nightmare because I wasn't scared because I like knew I was in a movie in my dream. But I, we watched Halloween Kills the other night. And, and then the next night we watched Nightmare on Elm Street. But in between those two nights, I had a dream where the, the scream killer was chasing me and this girl. And it was, uh, it had the invincibility of Michael Myers, though. And we were trying to figure out how to kill him. So now before we start the episode proper, would you like to tell me about a nightmare you had as a kid for everyone to hear? Um, well, I'll tell you about recurring nightmares I have. Oh, those aren't really fun, though. I know, but I don't I don't have like a vivid one from my childhood. You don't? No. Well, let me just say mine because it's very fun and goofy and I think it sets up. Oh, okay. This, this nicely. People don't have to know about mine. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, I had this dream when I was a kid that was so incredibly terrifying. And it is so funny to think about now. But there was this, like, I was in my bed, and I look outside, and there's this huge, like, Kool-Aid man-sized <laughs> jack-o'-lantern. No, with, yeah, with you've, arms. you've told me about yeah. this. Yeah. Well, I'm telling the audience now. I, uh, I know. I'm just telling you. I remember uh-uh. you telling me. Uh, with arms and legs. And he's grabbing my dad. And then I run out to the garage. And I just remember my dad, like, being completely horizontal, holding on to the garage <laughs> as the jack-o'-lantern is trying to eat him. <laughs> and then I woke up. And that was, I want to say I was, like, five. Wow, that's young. So I, like. And you still remember? Oh, yeah. Um, and so I ran into my parents. That was a definite, like, run into my parents and slept there that night yeah. and was so scared that this jack-o'-lantern was going to come and get my dad. Wow. So. I Well, I'll say, I I remember in high school, I remember Sydney telling me that she had, like, sometimes has zombie dreams or at the time in her life she was. Oh, sure. I don't know if she still does. And I'm like, man, that's so cool. I want a zombie dreams. I love zombies. And then I finally had a zombie dream, and I was like, why would I ever want that? That sucked. That was so terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, I will say one of the re- recurring dreams I have is um, I, I am incredibly claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Incredibly. So sometimes I'll have dreams where I am in small spaces, and I can't figure out how to get out. Or I'm, yeah. like, trapped in a house, and I'm trying to figure out how to get out, but the house keeps getting smaller. Or, like, each... It's kind of like um, Relic, that movie, when she's, like... Oh, oh, my gosh, Like, that yeah. is, like, a... That's a recurring nightmare I have, where it just is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And yeah. I, I, like, have, am having trouble breathing. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's, that's not pretty for, it's intense. It's not fun. Yeah, mine's fun now. Yeah. Well what is it 23 years removed but yeah. um okay so let's talk about a nightmare on elm street so um the basis of this movie was based on some true events would that surprise you to jordan to find out um kind of true events no okay so wes craven was reading the newspaper and in the 1970s, I, I don't know how to pronounce this, so I apologize if I get it wrong, but there was Hmong refugees who, after fleeing to the United States because of war and, and genocide in Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam, would have insane nightmares and refuse to sleep. 
That's sad. Some of the men died in their sleep. And then medical authorities called the phenomenon, uh, which I don't like this name, but Asian death syndrome. And then the condition. Oh, there's a stuff you should know about this. Is there really? Uh, I don't remember them talking about that part of Asia, but the talk. Yeah, there's there's a stuff you should know about it. That's really good. Um, and then the condition afflicted men between the ages of 19 and 57 and was believed to be sudden unexplained death syndrome or Brugada syndrome or both. Yeah, there I, I feel like this is covered in the episode. Maybe it's not. Um, but I, I have heard that in I, I don't know which Asian country, but mm-hmm. like uh, people will not sleep with fa- in a room with a fan. Really? Uh, be, I think some people think that that sudden death isn't somehow relation to the fan. Uh, oh, I don't know if it's die. like literally, I know, I know someone listening to this probably knows, don't tell me, do not text me with the answer, <laughs> but it's like, it's, I don't know if it's more of like a spiritual, like it's allowing something to come in uh-huh. or it's literally sucking the breath out of somebody. Okay. Uh, or a baby, you know, like, like don't put a fan in a room with a baby. Heard that too. Okay. So I feel like that might be covered in that episode. Okay, cool. Well, so so Wes Craven's reading that, and he's like, that's really interesting. And then he also had this memory when he was a kid where he was asleep, and he wakes up, and there was this man looking at him through his window. For real. Was it a real, real a real person? A real person was. And then... I don't like that. He, he like, sat up on the edge of his bed waiting for the guy to leave, and then went the guy like gave him basically a Freddy look like a big old s- smile and like freaky face and then like went away. And so he, he was just kind of like, what if we melded kind of those two ideas, like this ferocious kind of trickster who's doing something that feels so violating. And then this sudden death syndrome thing that's happening. Do you remember that one movie we watched? Was it like a Scandinavian movie, like Bergman or something? It was the guy that sits on your chest when you're sleeping. Oh, but yeah, Borgman, I think Borgman. is what it was called. That was a wild movie, but that that, was a very that's wild also movie. a throughout throughout folklore is a a character in several folklores throughout the world where a, mm-hmm. someone is sitting on your chest while you're sleeping and that like that sleep paralysis. Yeah. People have many people throughout the world have uh experiences of waking up and there is something sitting on their chest a, a thing like a being yeah and that is why they can't move and it's like staring at them yeah that is so scary to me so on top of all of that he he um one of the the people in particular that Craven read about was this man who wouldn't go to sleep and his mom is like you have to his parents are like you have to go to sleep and they try to medicate him yeah and then he, like, goes to sleep, finally. And then they hear, like, all this screaming, and they run upstairs, or or wherever his bedroom is. I'm just assuming it's upstairs, <laughs> yeah. but maybe it's not. And he is dead. Wow. And this really happened. And then they found, like, the sleeping pills were under his pillow, and he had a Mr. Coffee, like, hidden. And he, he had said before he went to sleep, like, I, if I go to sleep, I am going to die. And so it happened. So all of this is like Craven's just like I want to know more about that. That that was the whole thing that he said. But wow. um so basically, yeah, he starts doing he starts writing it cuz I don't know if you know, but uh it, Wes Craven wrote this movie too. 
He wrote and directed this movie. I know it because I watched movie. it. Oh, I just didn't know if you caught it. Yeah. Um, Does he usually not write his movies? Well, I mean, we've covered Scream, and, and he, he didn't, didn't write, write any of those. Oh, that's right. That was the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Williamson. Um, so all of that is crazy. That makes for some great ideas. Um, and then he he kind of was noticing, like, this time in horror, you have, like, Jason and Michael Myers who wear masks. And he thought, what if our guy had a mask, but the mask was just his burned face? Mm-hmm. Which I think that alone kind of sets it apart from other horror mm-hmm. stuff at the time, especially. And then he had read this um, article from like a journal or something like a, like a science journal or whatever that, that red and green are, are like hard colors for people to like identify when they're next to each other or like they're hard to look at. It's like an optical yeah, illusion. Yeah. Cause they're like contrasting. Yeah. Yeah. And so then he thought, Oh, what if we make him in a striped sweater? Yeah. That's the iconic green and red. Um, and then he writes a story and he starts going around Hollywood. And as is the case with a lot of these classic series, everyone's like, no, Mm -hmm. this is so dumb. And, and many uh, studios are saying like, it's all in dreams. Like no one cares. It's not really happening. So they're like, like, but it is. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, okay, you're kind of missing the point. But then Robert Shea, Mm -hmm. uh, was interested and he had a couple of modest successes, but nothing like big. So this is not a big studio yeah. thing. And he's interested in making the movie. Um, and and they just really want a big hit. So they're thinking like maybe we can do a low budget horror movie. So they sign on to do this. That's what we want. That's what we love. Yeah. And um and then this is what becomes New Line Cinema. Whoa, that's crazy. And uh, uh, people often refer to New Line Cinema as the house that Freddie built. Oh, but like seriously, this movie comes out and it's so successful, they're able to turn this into that. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Um, so New Line Cinema, uh, also Lord of the Rings. No, I <laughs> that, mean that's like what I think of. When well, I, when no, I honestly, logo, it's yeah. like it's like without think of if you think about yeah. it this way, without Robert Shea investing, and then this movie getting made, we would not have the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies. We have Freddy Krueger to thank for that. He's such a good friend, Freddy. <laughs> um, and then, and by the way, just because I, I'm realizing now I should have looked this up, but I don't know if New Line Cinema was, I, I think that's like what Robert Shea's company becomes, but I, I don't know the exact breakdown yeah. of yeah. what what all that is. So there might be some different stuff there. Um, so now here's a couple of fun facts. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Sue Garcia, uh, is who is the boyfriend that dies. Oh, is that in how a, you're saying it? Yeah. Okay. It's JSU. I looked up two different things, and one of them said Jackson State University, like, uh-huh. and that's not referring to him. That was seriously a pronunciation thing that I saw. And then the other one was uh, JSU <laughs> Garcia, and it's like, nope. Oh, okay. Both wrong. Uh, yeah. So he is. Latin. Uh-huh. And his agent was like, Latins can't make it in this town. Really? So, his own agent? Yeah. So he goes, we're going to pretend you're Italian. And that's why in this movie, he is uh, 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 credited as Nick Corey. Oh. An Italian name. And they tell him kind of to play it like Italian because like 
Latins like don't get jobs. You can't get hired, which, you know, extreme prejudice, extreme racism, just an interesting story. Um, And then the guy who made the Freddy Krueger design was, and this makes, when he said this, I was like, absolutely. This makes a hundred percent sense. He went to a pizza place and he's thinking about the Uh movie and he looks at his pepperoni pizza and he just starts moving it around and he's like I and then I made Freddy's mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. It's it's based so it's, on it's pepperoni made pizza. Cheese. It's made out of pepperoni pizza. Yeah. Which yep. kind of makes pizza a little bit hard to look at now. <laughs> um uh directed and written by Wes Craven, cinematography by Jacques Hatian. Hatt- Jacques. Uh Jacques. Music by Charles Bernstein. Uh comes out November 9th, 1984. On a $1.1 million budget, tw- makes $25 million at the box office, and it is a 32-day shoot. Okay. And that's A Nightmare on Elm Street. But the people in it are, uh, we have Heather Langenkamp, who plays, I'm already blanking on her name, Nancy, which Micah made the connection of Nancy Wheeler from Stranger Things, totally. Um, she is also in Outsiders, The Outsiders, but in deleted scenes of that. She's also in Nickel Mountain. She's in a ZZ Top music video, Just the Ten of Us, Growing Pains, and a lot of other things. And then, um, Amanda Weiss plays Tina. She's also in Badlands, The Id, Silverado, Highlander. Those are a few. Mm -hmm. And then Sue Garcia is also in Atlas Shrugged, Collateral Damage, We Were Soldiers. I was looking at for him pretty interesting he went on like a spiritual journey like through the middle east i don't know why that was on his imdb okay but it was and he went with other people who i'm assuming are also actors but i didn't recognize their names um but they went to like 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 he was seriously on a spiritual quest and is like uh like i think he might i'm assuming now like has some kind of like doctorate in like spiritual enlightenment or something um because he went to like they went to jerusalem they went to petra they went to um, places, other places in Israel and all those areas. Interesting. Well, I, I think speaking to that end, and, and he volunteers this information. I mean, I found the specifics of the drugs outside of what he said. But in the scene where he is uh, crying, uh, they, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, his performance was incredible. And he, and he said now, he's like, I was high out of my mind really and i was in such a bad place in my life that like those that i was not acting in that scene at all wow and um and then i found out later at the time he was snorting heroin oh my god which is like how the pulp uh um what's her name yeah she snorts heroin and that's like what causes the od he but now he's like i'm like 25 years sober or whatever and that was years ago that i read the 25 years sober so I'm wondering if that spiritual quest came after that. that, Well, that's what I was thinking. It probably has something to do with that. Yeah. My complete conjecture. (laughs) Yeah. And then of course, Robert England, uh, plays Freddie. Yes. Love him. Okay. I didn't like look very closely, but he's like Freddie all the time. Uh, there's, I believe there's one movie where he's not just one. Yeah. But he's Freddie all the time. Um, Oh, okay. Who did they get for that? They got the guy. I always forget his name, but the guy who plays Rorschach in Watchmen. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, which actually this is pretty good casting. But we'll get to that movie when we get to yeah, that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, 
Um, yeah, R- Robert England, he is he plays anti pops in a regular show. Oh, very cool. Which is awesome. Very cool. And on that, he does a ton of voice acting for cartoons and video games. Great. Um, he's also just in a million horror movies and yeah. B and B movies. Yeah. Um, like Midnight Man, he's in this movie called Strippers versus Werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then he most recently ish was in the newest season of Stranger Things as a fun cameo. Oh as yes, Victor Creel. Oh yes, yeah. That I remember was awesome. that that was going. We're like, who is that guy? And I'm like, I have a feeling I'm gonna look it up and not say anything yet. Yeah, and that's who I thought it was. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then we get to Nancy's parents. John Saxon plays the dad. Uh huh. He. Is he's like 200 acting credit. I mean, he is like yeah. he is a Hollywood guy. Um, he's in things like Enter the Dragon, Black Christmas, Genghis Khan, Story of a Lifetime, War Wolves, a million other things. And then Ronnie Blakely, who plays the mom, she's in Nashville, Baltimore Bullet. She's in the Scorsese Bob Dylan documentary, but okay. it didn't. But it, it like her credit was the ingenue, not. Whoever she is, okay. which I haven't seen that. Maybe there's a little bit of dramatization okay. in it. And then uh, she's in a million shows. All like most of these actors are like in a million shows yeah. too. Um, Let's talk about the parents. Yeah. So the the first time I saw this movie, um, I had to. I so I think I showed you the scene that cool the well, the Tina kill scene. Yeah. Because the effects are so crazy, and then I showed you the scene at the sleep study with. Nancy's mom. Yeah. Because it is some of the most terrible acting I've ever seen in a movie. It's crazy. And the acting that the parents, it's like, I I get, I don't need anyone to like necessarily cast parents to look like the child or vice versa. This is the the Han Solo Leia thing where it's like, but have you seen how Adam Driver is killing it? Who cares if he looks like them? Don't care about that. But we could maybe try a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. Um, because her parents look like two orange people. And <laughs> they, I mean, like Nancy couldn't look far. It's like, she looks adopted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe she was adopted. Maybe she was adopted. <laughs> um, and the, their, the parents acting is just, it's mostly the mom more than anything. The mom is like, it is so sweet to watch her. Yeah. Because it is just like, what movie do you think? Like, this is a very, I think with age, this has become a quite a cheesy movie. Yeah. And I am delighted by every second of this movie, and yeah. I think it's so fun. Um, but but the mom is like, she's in like Sharknado in this movie. Like, uh-huh. like her acting is crazy. And, and she can't do anything in a way that would make any sense. No. Like, no. like she, everything she does, she, she adds like, all these extra movements or like delivers the line a weird way or something strange like that. And then John Saxon is like, you can tell he's a pro, but he's truly playing it. Like, okay, this is a a cop show that I'm on from the seventies. Yeah. It really looks like he's an NYPD blue. Is that what it is? Or um, that's a cop show, not from the seventies, but Oh, I'm thinking of Hill street blues. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That's how he's playing it. And it's like, I don't know if that's the move. Yeah. Like, like, I feel like you need to be a little more, uh, 
I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know either, but it's not what he did. No. But it is so fun. Yeah. It is so fun. And then, of course, I didn't mention Johnny Depp because we've covered Johnny Depp, but this movie introduces this is, him. It, I know it has that card, which, which is, is crazy. crazy. We will never see a preppier version of him again uh, for, this, off the top of my head. Of I Now, I have not seen every Johnny Depp movie, no. but this is by far the most normal performance I've ever seen by him. He doesn't, he does not look weird other than it's just time period. Yeah. And, uh, he is just wearing normal like polos and khakis. Yeah. Like the other guy, I think it's the character's name is Rod or something. Like he's the cool guy. Yeah. Johnny is not. No. He's just probably on the football team. He lives in suburbia. He just wants to to make out with Nancy. But what's interesting, uh, you know, is, is you, not you, uh, the, the creators of this were talking about casting Johnny Depp and they, they were talking about how like the, the role was supposed to be like the jock at school. And then when they saw Johnny Depp, it's like, Oh, here's this like soft spoken, like Mm -hmm. kind of quiet guy who's a little bit strange and so even in that it's like this is the more most normal johnny depp it's still not like a nor like i i don't know if he can be a normal person like from the get-go yeah you know he seems pretty normal to me in this movie well but i'm just saying even the the people who made the movie were like we cast him because he wasn't what we thought he like what we were looking for yeah and it was like strange to us yeah so you know it's just so interesting. interesting so interesting yeah um, should we dive right in? Yeah. So one thing, and, and, you know, if you love these movies, I am telling you that anything that I criticize in these movies is in good spirit because I like it. Uh huh. But, um, the score of this movie drives me up a wall. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's constant <laughs> because it's just like, that's not it. I'm forgetting what it is, which you'd think because they play it like 2,000 times in the movie. And and the whole movie, it's like, here they go again. They're going to play that melody, and here it goes again and again. And so that drives me nuts. Um, and it's got it's that time period where they would do like electronic drums that are like, do, do, do. Yeah. New, 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 do, do, do. It's just so, it is so 80s, it's crazy. Uh-huh. And you can't help but love it. Uh-huh. This movie starts with Tina and her dream. Yeah, well, it starts and you're seeing, like, these claws being created. Oh, And, like, filed right. and stuff like that. Yeah. And Freddy's um, getting ready to play. Yeah. And and I actually saw Robert England talking about how, like, his, you know how in this movie, like, his right arm is kind of um, lower, like his shoulder? Uh-huh. And it's kind of this iconic pose. Like every picture of him, he looks like uh-huh. that. Well, the the claws are, were like super heavy. Really? So when when he had them on, it would it would pull his arm down, and then that he, heavy. Well, then he just started going like, "Oh, let me like make that a thing that Freddie's always got his arm down like that because yeah. it it makes him look a little bit different." Yeah. Just good acting sense. Yeah. You know, we love it. Um. So he's making the claw, and then he's in who I referred to at the beginning before we got our name as the St. Vincent girl's dream because she looks kind of like St. Vincent. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, Tina. And, yeah, go ahead. Very, uh, I, They do some fun, like, dream logic stuff. Like, she runs really slowly in this dream. Or, oh, yeah, you know I, I love mean? that. Um, and 
Like, like I think they literally put her on a treadmill, it looks like, at one shot. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. And she, she's, like, in this warehouse kind of place looking around. We we don't know there's what she's looking for. Everywhere. She doesn't know what she's looking for, but I think there's someone following her, but she's trying to find someone. All and, and you're seeing stuff. like the like the claws like scratching pipes and stuff. Yeah, uh, one thing uh, that that this movie and and the movies that we've seen after this truly nail is is it does have an other when they are dreaming it has an otherworldly feeling to it yeah and and it truly does feel like oh yeah dreams are like that like someone just pops up next to you yep or like all of a sudden this logic is fine yeah and and the way the room is lit and stuff like that like it's just so brightly red it looks like you're in hell or something like that yeah i love all that i know all that stuff is so good yeah but yeah so go ahead so um well quick question that i'm thinking of because we've seen uh, several of them now um well, no, I'll, I'll wait till we get to there. Oh, but, but now I want to know. No, no, because it's about like who Freddy is, and I'm just gonna wait. Okay. Um, but she, Freddy, pops up out of nowhere. She runs away from him. She wakes up in a sweat, cold sweat. Yeah. Like had a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and she, I think her crucifix falls off her wall, and yeah. she clutches it, trying to go back to sleep. Five six, grab your crucifix. Yes. Uh, and the, her mom is like. Telling her, like, it was just a dream. Just go back to sleep. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Just a bad dream. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get the, the the jump roping girls early on, too. Yeah. Who are saying some kind of nursery rhyme. Yeah. Which, which actually, this might be fun for the people. I've, I'm working on the song because I want to do a song for this one, uh, which you already heard, listener. So here's what I'm thinking. One, two, a spooky podcast for you. Three, four, lots of blood and gore. Five, six, Freddy's Goofy Tricks. Seven, eight, I'm not sure from there. But okay. I got to do seven, eight, and then nine, ten, and that'd be the cool. full thing. Do you like all those? Are those I love good? It. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, so you, you, you already heard those lyrics already, so. This is old news. Yeah, continue. But yeah, they're just saying some kind of nursery rhyme. It's just kind of haunting. It's setting a mood. Um, and then we, we meet the rest of our characters. It, I'd say it's, it is fun. Uh, this. This movie has like it, it's when I first saw it. Uh-huh. It's like okay, Tina's our our person. Like we're following Tina. Yeah, and we like she is like the main character for the first act. Yeah, very much so. So when she does get killed, it is like what? So like, yeah. do I need to care about these other? I I just think that doesn't really happen so much anymore. If that kind of make, I just don't get that. Like, I think it's just a little bit clearer quicker today. Yeah, and I don't think that's bad at all. Well, it's I, just I, fun. I think any time you want to kill off someone who you think might be the main character, people say, oh, you're doing Scream. I know. Well. I mean, they did that in Fear Street, too. I know. That's what I was thinking of, too. Um, so so I think it, it's just something yeah. where, like, a writer of something, if they go, okay, it's a horror movie, we're going to kill the main character off quickly and surprise everyone, they, they're they always like, okay, but this will be compared to Scream when people are talking about the movie. But the whole, the whole you know? yeah, today, today you're right, yeah. you're right. Yeah, especially, but but like at a time like this, it's like, I don't know who any of these actors are. This is a low-budget horror right. movie. I So I don't have like a certain allegiance to anybody. I mean, I know Johnny Depp. Yeah, but it's like, but it says introducing Johnny Depp. I wouldn't so you're have like, at the time. I don't think he's going to be a big character. He does wind up being one of the bigger characters, but. Kind of. When but I yeah. saw introducing, I'm like, oh, he's going to like barely be in this. I know. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, 
it's it's weird watching this movie because we both watched Scream like two or three times before seeing Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh huh. And and it's weird. It's it it works because I love the Scream movies except three. It, but it's so weird that like Wes Craven was the one to like make these pa- tropes. parody slash satire like the culture he created. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's kind of I mean, strange. He, he didn't create it. I think he was just part of it. I wouldn't say he created it. Yeah, but but you know, I'm thinking about how I, I and I guess, you know, Halloween is up there too, but but even the way this movie starts, it just feels kind of like scream. You know, it's like all the characters showing up at school and being like I, I don't think this is on purpose in this movie, but they're being like really over dramatic and they're like yeah. discussing the stuff, which I know is not unique to Nightmare. Yeah. But I think the way it's stapled in people's brains, it's just interesting that Craven wound up being the one to also like make, like make a movie about it. Yeah, like it would be like if if no Christopher Nolan came out with a movie where it's like satirizing slash parodying time travel oh, or something w- i would love that but how weird would that be because yeah. it'd be like you're the one who's like obsessed with this thing but knowing craven you know he got to a point where he was like done with horror and didn't want to do it so it mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense it's all it's just fascinating yeah to think about and uh yeah but anyway. at school tina finds out that her friends have also had nightmares yeah and she thinks that's rather interesting but her friends are just kind of like don't worry about it it's just a nightmare yeah we're gonna hang out tonight Cut to tonight. Right? I know the movie just goes. Yeah, and and they're at Tina's house. It's um, Glenn, Nancy, and Tina, and it's Tina's parents are out of town or something. So Nancy and Glenn are there to keep her company. Um, really funny scene with with Glenn convincing uh-huh. his mom that he's at his cousin's house or something. With like sound effects on the yeah. stereo. Just just perfect horror movie. Like this is fun. They have good chemistry. I like them. Yeah. Um. And then Rod shows up, and that they have an interesting dynamic because um, he shows up at the school too, and he's like pretty gross towards Tina. And and he does say "up yours with a lawnmower." Yeah, which is an interesting phrase I've never heard. I've heard the "up yours," but with a lawnmower. Yeah, I guess me neither. Oof. Um, yeah, at, at school they have a weird interaction of of like, hmm, that's I mean that would fly today just purely yeah, yeah but then t- he comes back at night to like surprise everyone at the house uh-huh. and it, basically he's like i'm here to bang you <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. she's like oh you're so gross i actually like i almost feel like she doesn't want any part of it and it's like this is one of those 80s things where right like she didn't say yes but she did you know wink wink kinds of right. things um just funny you just, it you're certainly not walks get, the line. You're not going to get that anymore in a movie, hey, in a horror movie. This movie's not passing the Bechdel test. Let me tell you what. No. Um, but yeah, he shows up. They they have fun alone in a bedroom, if you catch my drift. And um, Nancy and Glenn do not get it on because Nancy's like, we're here for Tina. Yeah. So we have to. And he's just, like, ugh. Yeah, yours with a lawnmower, <laughs> um, and he's real bummed. But then he, so yeah. So he, in can I? Yeah, no, you're good. So in Nancy, Nancy's sleeping in a room. Yeah, and they they have like practically they have like a latex wall, 
and Freddy is trying to like break through the wall looks awesome. Every single effect in this movie is a awesome. reason for doing practical effects in a movie. Absolutely. Especially more than anything, a horror movie. Yeah. Well, I, I saw um one of the one of the guys who worked on the special effects, um, which I should have mentioned them because it's so yeah. iconic, but I didn't. Uh he said like doing this stuff practically and all that stuff, that's part of the romance of the horror yeah. genre. Yeah. And it is true because when you watch when you watch one now, you know us, we're not anti CG, but when there is obvious CG in a horror film, it's just a little bit less exciting, even if it's less good. exciting. And I think a big part of it is horror movies, I think, like often don't get the same kind of funding mm-hmm. as a whatever kind of genre movie. Oh, good Therefore, point. Therefore, the special effects just aren't going to be that good. The CG stuff. That's true. I think that's a big part of it. So maybe like start wanting to do it practically. Yeah. And go from there and see what happens. Because it always looks better and a horror audience prefers it. Oh, yeah. And and I think like I think about um I think a lot of monster movies are like that when they have a tinge of horror to them. Because I, I haven't seen this movie, but uh uh the new movie Beast with Idris Elba. Yeah. I think it's not a, a horror movie. No, uh, but okay. I'm putting it in that kind of like monster sort of yeah. it's suspense and there's definitely horror elements involved. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at that movie and I'm going, I can't, I like this premise. I like the actors, you know, like this is a good trailer, but then when you see the giant lion, it's just kind of like, Oh, okay. Like I, I don't care to see that really. Yeah. Um, and it's not again, cause I'm anti CG. It's just like, this is a Jaws situation. Like, Jaws is always going to be scary and good, and if it was not a real shark, I don't think it would be. Yeah. I don't think it would have stood the test of time. Yeah. So, you know, it, but I understand that, like, sometimes it actually is more expensive to do that. Oh, yeah. Totally. And I don't know how you would do a lion, but I don't know. I, I think there are ways to do that. I mean, we've seen some pretty in, insane... uh um, what are those called? Animatronics in our lifetime. So the lion actually probably isn't that hard to get do. Disney Imagineers working on it. Yeah. They can get it to go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was thinking about, you know, we were watching Sandman the other night, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, newsflash to us. Everyone knows. Yeah. We're late to the party. Yeah. But I just didn't think it was possible to film that I know, series me, well. Me too. And yeah. it's, we've Talk watched about dreams. Yeah. And and he's one, literally the god of it, <laughs> lord of it. Please. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Um, I mean, they can use CG like crazy in that because it's this dream vortex yeah. thing. But I did notice there was this dragon that he talks to in the second episode, and the way that the characters were interacting with it, I was like, I'm sure they're touching it up with CG, but there is a hundred percent a puppet slash animatronic on set because I, if not, it is the best creature that anyone has ever made CG of all time. I know, and it's in a TV show. Yeah, but I'm like, it, it's got to be a puppet. Yeah. Because it like Star Wars CG doesn't look this good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Crazy. There's Craziness. our little tangent there. So, pushing through the wall to get to Nancy. Yeah. And then we see, um, what is her name again? Tina. Tina. We see Tina's dream, and she sees Freddy walking, and then... Well, no, not yet. She wakes up. Something's, something, okay. something is throwing something at the windows. Oh, yeah. And so she she gets out of bed. She tries to get right up, but he won't wake up. So she goes to the window. Someone throws something so hard at the window that it breaks. 
Yes. So she goes outside and is like calling, like, who are you? Who's there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how she gets out onto into the alley. Yeah. And she's kind of like looking around, like, what's going on? And then we see our good pal Freddie with like comically long arms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just one of the best things ever. It's so cool. Every single Freddie, th- I just can't get enough of Freddie. Yeah. He's, he's probably like, he's up there becoming like my favorite, like creature feature. Absolutely. He's awesome. Monster. Well, well just to, I don't want to spoil what we're going to talk about next week, but the second movie, the plot is so stupid. The acting is horrible. It's, it's, it's actually worse than this. Movie. It is. It is. It is truly a terrible movie. And, but the Freddy stuff is still so much fun that I'm like, yeah, I like this movie, and I think it's good because I mean, that's sec- how cool it is. Second movie, he is like massacring a, a, t- a high school party, and it's hilarious, it's and it's the best. Yeah, it, it it freaking rules. Yeah. Um. So, and then he gets close to Tina, and he goes, "Hey, Tina." watch this. And he cuts <laughs> off a finger that starts gushing like green ooze. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then, she, and then she pulls off his face. Yeah. Yeah. She pulls <laughs> off his face and his eyes are like bugging out. Oh man. That's yeah. so funny. And I think, no, this might be later. I don't know, but yeah, he, she pulls off his face. She's freaking out. Um, she never left the bedroom because no. she's dreaming. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So she is like, screaming and struggling under the covers and rods out of bed like what's going on and he like notices that it's like she's struggling with another person but there's no he pulls off the covers yeah there's no one there Uh but she is clearly struggling with something yeah and it it with his claw hand slices her chest but you're just seeing it like appear on her just body. Just like blood so starts cool. gushing. Crazy. And then she gets, she starts levitating. And it is just like, like we just said before, we have a million types of movies where people are levitating, flying, floating in the air. And I, this is like the best I've ever seen it. And it's 1984. It, it's awesome. It is incredible how they do it. Yeah. And then she gets like thrown to the ceiling and she is like and she's stuck, stuck to the on ceiling. the ceiling. And then you can see Nick, not, well, that's it. Rod. Rod. I'm calling him his not real name. Uh, Rod is like looking at her in the same shot. So it's like, how do they do this? Well, they built a room that they could rotate. Yeah. And that's how they did it. They inceptioned this room. Yeah. So we know. Inception Freddy'd their room. Yeah. So he is actually the (laughs) one. The house, the, the inception that Freddy built. And it's about dreams. Whoa. Wow. Um, (laughs) So Rod, the actor, is actually the one on the ceiling. Based on how I'm understanding how she is, just based on how she is reacting. um, Yeah, yeah, I think he would be. On, like, what we think is the ceiling. Yeah. Um, And she she gets murdered. Yeah. She gets, like, ripped to shreds, basically. And And then she gets, like, dropped into a huge puddle of blood on the bed. Yeah. Which they had to cut like five seconds of that she from the MPAA. Blood? No, she drops into it and it splashes okay. up. Okay, okay. But but it almost got an X rating because of that. Oh. Because the MPAA is stupid. But the, the actual geyser of blood later isn't enough for him? It's probably because it was a girl. I mean, oh, they, they just okay. make up arbitrary yeah, rules that yeah. don't matter. So, um, yeah. So, um, so Tina, dead. Tina, dead. Rod on the run because the police think that they that he killed her. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Nancy has just lost her best friend. 
sad. <laughs> um, she, this is when we find out that her dad is like the police chief or something. Um, uh-huh. So we introduced to her parents and immediately you're just like, what's going and on? And he's with got, these he's guys? a walking advertisement for gold bond. He is. Uh, Isn't that a tanning lotion? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, same, same with the mom. <laughs> and um, she is just trying to convince him. I, I think from the, you know, from the get go, she's like, it wasn't Rod. Even though he ran away, he didn't do it. Yeah. Someone else was there, but she can't prove that. Yeah. Um, and then it's, did, then does she have a dream? Well, I, I believe, um, yeah, this is when she goes to school. But and this, there's that funny scene with her mom and her in the kitchen before yeah. she goes to school. Cause her mom's like, what do you think you're doing? She's like, I have to go to school. I can't just sit around thinking about it. I have to do something. And her, her mom, you see before that, like she, she's an alcoholic, uh-huh. um, but the daughter, it's like, this is a comedy <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like she's like, oh, I'll be able to stay awake. Her hand floats up from out of <laughs> yeah, frame yeah. to drink coffee. And it's I always love it. I think I've said this before on the podcast. I love it when you can tell that there is no liquid in a cup. Yeah. And an it's actor's so funny. drinking it. Cause it looks awful every time and I love it. Well, nothing nothing quite tops, but it's in the same zone. And and it's an ad for our Patreon. Uh when uh when in the protector, the the man walks into the, the <laughs> foreground of well, that the guy's image, actually drinking something, and he's an extra, and he drinks a five hour energy, goes ah, and walks away, all while Tony Jaw is having a conversation on the <laughs> phone. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. In no a movie. one could tell you what that conversation was. We it, were just it, watching this other person. Just wild. Foreground. He's in the foreground. Yeah, and he's not out of focus. Everything's in focus. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So. Go sign up for patreon.com slash M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-A-W. Link in the episode notes to hear us talk about that. It's also just a great movie. Yeah. Oh, it rules. Um, Anyway, so she gets to school. Well, before she goes to school, Rod intercepts her. Right, and then he gets arrested. He He was used as bait. Um, She goes to school, and Lynn Shea is the teacher. Yeah, that's wild. We love her. Yeah. and they're talking, they're going over Hamlet. Yeah. Uh, and this one kid gets up and is acting his heart out, reading yeah. Shakespeare in front of the class while Nancy is dozing off. And she looks over into the hallway and sees Tina in a body bag. Like, uh-huh. help me. Goes out into the hallway. Following a trail of blood. She sees one of her classmates who's a hall monitor. To which Micah and I would like to know. Are hall monitors, monitors still a thing today in the year 2022? Yes. If you know. This I do want an answer for. I want, I want an answer for this. I demand an answer. But I don't want someone Googling it. I want experienced yes. answers. I want to know. Because I could Google it. I want to know if it happened, if it still happens, and if you experienced it. Yes. Especially if you were a hall monitor, I would like to know what the daily tasks were. Please. I imagine it's like an RA at a dorm. But I don't know if they really exist or if it's just a made-up in movies. It, I think it's, it has nothing to do like that. Yeah. You didn't go to college, Micah. That's true. All I know of that is from movies. Yeah. <laughs> no, just hearing hearing this similar story from, like, anyone who went to college where they're like, our RA was pretty cool. They let us bring alcohol in and, like, <laughs> drink and stuff like that and party. That's everybody's story about an RA, pretty yeah. much. Or someone who's like, RA, RA sucked. They didn't let us bring any alcohol in and we couldn't yeah. party. So that's, that's what happens. Um, 
so then she sees this body bag out in the hallway and Tina's dragged out. Um, and the, the hall monitor says, do you have a hall pass? <laughs> and she's wearing a Freddy sweater. Yeah. And then she's like in the, another boiler room and then she burns herself. Yeah. Cause Freddy is like cornering her. Yeah. And she burns herself. Like you pinch yourself to wake up. Yeah. Wakes up in class screaming. Everyone's looking back at her. Mm-hmm. And then she looks at her arm, and there's a burn mark. Oh. Things just got interesting. And you know what I like to do to relieve a little stress? Take a bath. So what does Nancy do? She goes, and she takes a bath. Yes. A nice warm bath to where she's... I mean, she's not sleeping. So even here, she, she is falling asleep. And the audience is like, no, no, don't fall asleep, Nancy. Not in a bathtub. And her mom's especially like, you'll drown in there. Don't sleep. Yeah. Well, she falls asleep. And Freddie's hand, well, the first time Freddie's hand comes up out of the water, it's so creepy. Yeah, in between her legs. Yeah, very creepy. Well, and so this is something, and and this isn't a fun subject to talk about, but it is kind of interesting. So when they wrote this script, when he was writing this, it was like Freddie is a child molester. It's like what he was saying, and oh. and it was in there. But then at the time when they were making this movie, I believe is when there was that famous thing where there was that school where all the kids started saying, "Oh, which I believe yeah, started the whole satanic panic, the satanic panic." Yeah. Um, and then, then it was kind of like just murderer, <laughs> and then they just changed it to child murderer. Okay, um, but it is like everyone who works on the movie in the interviews I was seeing is they're like, yeah, he's a child molester. They they would refer to him as that before they referred to him as a child murderer. Hmm. So there is like imagery like this with his hands between the legs stuff. It's like he is doing things that are like violating. Yes, which definitely that part of him is not so fun. That that part of Freddy we don't like, and is yeah. not a good part of the like. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> but anyway, it is crazy that tub. Yeah, yeah that is scary. She gets like th- brought down into the tub, and then there's like a light up high. It's a really cool imagery. It's really cool. Yeah, I wonder how they did it. Well, they built a tub that doesn't have a bottom. That's how they did it. Yeah, but it was dark. Oh, well, they probably had a pool, and then they closed up. So. You're not fun. Uh, you asked, and this is what our podcast but yeah, does. She, she gets back to the service. Her mom's unlocking the bathroom door. Yeah. And when she does, her, she's just like, it's fine. I just fell asleep for a second. I just yeah. fell in. No big deal. And then she takes speed to stay awake. Yes. It's the 80s. They're taking speed. Yeah. And so she's going to bed, and then Billy Loomis sneaks up to her window. Uh-huh. And goes inside, and they a, have a, a conversation. Character, very similar to Billy Loomis, played by Skeet Ulrich, who has a big Johnny Depp vibe, and we know that's what they were looking for when they mm-hmm. casted that person. Absolutely, and awesome. and again, that's the scream connection kind of thing, yeah. where it's like it's weird that Wes Craven is riffing on his own movie in that scene. Yeah, because he is. Yeah, crazy. Um, and so she says, "I need you to stand guard." Because I'm going to see if I can, like, scope out the dreamscape, and you just have to stay awake and wake me up if I need you. So then she starts wandering around, and she goes to the jail cell where... Um, Rod is being <laughs> is being kept. Yes. And she sees Freddy, like, walk through the bars. And then she is able to wake up. Cause she, I think she set an alarm because yeah. Rod did... I mean, uh, Glenn, Glenn did fall did asleep. Fall asleep. And... Then she rushes to the prison, the jail, and she's like, 
dad, go in there, go in there. And they're, they're like, it's fine. He, we just saw him. He's asleep. Nothing's happening to him. Yeah. Classic, you know, parents so don't understand. They they're don't taking their sweet ass time getting down there and they see, and it's cutting between the sheets are wrapping around Rod's neck, but yeah. Rod's not doing it. He's asleep. Uh huh. And by the time they get there, he has been hung in his cell. Yeah. And it's pretty dead. gross. It is. It is. Uh, and so all of that happens. Earlier, there were goopy stairs. Yeah. I just want to say oh, that when yeah. she ran Those home. Those were cool. Those were cool. Uh, insisted upon by Robert Shea. Wes Craven wasn't, didn't want to do the goopy <laughs> stairs. He's probably like, why are you obsessed with these stairs? <laughs> it's like, I just got, I have so much oatmeal and it's about to go bad. <laughs> That's how they made it. For real? Yeah, it's like hard and it's like if you, the guy said like if you leave oatmeal, you know, like mixed and out for like two weeks or for a long time, like it's like the the most like gluey stuff on earth. Like it's crazy. That guy just had a lot of oatmeal hanging around. I got to get get rid of of this and I need it to be a tax write off. (laughs) That's such a a funny thing to um, get into an I mean, it probably wasn't a big thing or anything, but to no, get... they seem to really like each other. Yeah, but like to get into like a dispute about. I know, I know. Um, and then they have the funeral for Rod. Now, this brings up another question I have to ask people. In movies, all the time, they have funerals at the graveside, and then they put the body in. Um, I have never been to an outdoor, like burial slash funeral. I'd like to know if you have. I have. You have? Well, the, the the it's like the memorial was at a church, and then at the gra- graveyard, we were there when they lowered the body. And I think that was just family. Okay. That makes sense. But it, the funeral did not take place at the graveyard, I guess. Did it have a giant picture and a, a flower wreath around the person? Uh, No. Okay. I want to know if someone has had like a movie, like it looked like a movie. I don't remember that being a thing. And then on top of that, did the priest say something to the effect of this man serves as a warning to what happens when you live evilly? Now, remember, Christ said, don't judge others lest you be judged in about as the same paragraph. A person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then they always say from dust we came and dust we shall return. Which would make sense. I think that would make sense. Which is just a great time to plug 3,000 Years of Longing, where we are dust, but the gym are uh, electromagnetic electromagnetic and are a beautiful harmony together or something. I actually didn't see it that way. But a wonderful movie, and people should watch it. It was so good. Yeah, it's uh, my number two of the year as of this moment. Uh, only, Only losing out to RRR. So 3,000 Years of Longing, big recommend. Loved, loved, oh, loved it. Um, so then when they're at the, somewhere in all this, she's talking to her dad and she describes what Freddie looks like. And that's where his acting is awesome because he gives this look to the mom like, oh no. Yeah, but the mom does not reciprocate She's it. like, huh? Huh? Get in the car. <laughs> Let's go home. Well, now we need to go to a sleep. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Disorder study. study. Yeah. Now, tell me about your about this scene, Jordan. It is just one of the funniest scenes in a movie. It, it's like it comes to a grinding halt, but in <laughs> yeah, the yeah. best way. So they hook her up to the. They just put wires on her and stuff. Yeah. To monitor her sleep, so she falls asleep, 
And it's, I think that as they're writing this movie or trying to figure out how to shoot it, they're like, well, now our main character's asleep and we're not following her to the dream world. Yeah. What are we going to, how do we tell a story? Like, what do we do? Let's talk, let's have the doctor and the mom just have a conversation. But in this conversation and in the set, there is a poster on the wall of a <laughs> yeah. kitten in a little trolley <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for one. And then the doctor just is kind of going on and on about like, Oh, she's in her REM cycle now and all yeah. blah, blah, blah. And the, the mom is just like, what is oh. happening now? As she's and smoking says, a cigarette. He says, he says, oh, the truth is, we don't know what the hell dreams are or where they come from. It is <laughs> the epitome of cheesy, campy, good time. I love it. Yeah. And then, of course, she wakes up screaming. and they, With a gray they streak up. in her hair. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And she brought his hat out with her. Yes. So she can bring things out of the dream world. Cool. That's cool. And then she goes home. This this movie tackled how this stuff works in a way I was so not expecting. I think since it's just like a cheesy, campy yeah. horror movie, I didn't think there to be any kind of like concept to uh-huh. really figure out and like learn how to best it. Yeah, the world is pretty well built. Yeah. Like it, it pretty much and makes I, sense. I think that, I mean... Some of the other ones that we've seen have like continued that in a very interesting way. Yeah. Uh, and just, also a funny way. I can't wait till we see about those warriors. Yeah. Dream style. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So then her mom and her have this long discussion, not long discussion, but this discussion where she's like, it was Freddy Krueger. It was Freddy Krueger. Look, he's got his hat. And she's like, I got rid of that hat. I don't know where you got that from. And she's like, well, I got it from the dream. You were there. Yeah. And then, um, and then it's just like in a drawer and she knows where it's at, even though she was just asking I know. where it was. Yeah, because her mom's like, I threw it away. And then she's holding the hat, like pointing and there's no tag or anything. And she's like, see, it says His right name here, is on Fred Krueger. Yeah. Anyway. But the mom, that's when the mom takes her yeah. to the basement and yeah. to the furnace and starring Christian Bale, <laughs> <laughs> um, pulls out Freddie's uh, knife glove. Blade yeah. glove. Um, well, it's wrapped in a towel, but she's telling a story about a long time ago, there was a man who was murdering all the children in the neighborhood. Yeah. Murdered like at least 20. At least 20 children in the neighborhood. Yeah. That's crazy. But at the same time, we've had that Atlanta monster from way back then, and no one still, I think, knows who did that, who was killing and children. And you're saying Freddy's fun, and you like him. I'm not saying, I'm saying this is the side of Freddy that we don't approve Jordan, of. Jordan, you've been caught. No. This is side of Freddy we don't approve of. Uh, but she says that all of the parents were bounded together and knew, knew where Freddie was living at the old boiler well, warehouse where he used to work. He got away because... Oh, that's right. He did get arrested. Like a, a search warrant like wasn't signed properly. Yeah. So like his, his case was dismissed. Yeah. And so all the parents got together and they killed him. They burned him alive. Yeah. This is a cool concept. This reminds me of... Uh, is it Lady Sympathy Vengeance? Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a deeply depressing a movie and... that I know I could never watch again. It's yeah. a nuts. It's a nuts movie. The whole revenge trilogy. I'm not sure how much of those I could watch again. Yeah. But Grayson the other day sent me like a, he had seen a tweet about old boy and he goes, I'm thinking about watching it again. And in my head, I'm like, I just don't know if I could watch any of those. again. I think I, well, I do want to watch the other one again. What's the other one? Mr. Vengeance. Mr. Vengeance. Yeah. Is that someone where, like, the kid, they, like, come upon a kid, and then they're kind of, like, doing a hostage situation? And Yeah, I could probably watch K- that one again. And Kanko's songs in that movie, so that's yeah. also kind of why I want to watch it. Um, 
anyway. I, I, yeah, I don't know. There, yeah. So, it, and if you don't know, there's this uh, director Park Chan Woo, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he, yeah, he directed Old Boy, um, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, and Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. I might have got those titles messed up, but yeah. But it's a trilogy of movies. Uh, and, like spiritual trilogy. Yeah, where they're all about revenge. And what's unique about them to me um, is Mr. Vengeance and Old Boy, they start out with um, like, oh, here's a character, obviously, like if we're going Quentin Tarantino style, this character wants revenge. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the movie, you find out like that wasn't the revenge story. There was a different revenge story mm-hmm. going on. And that's that's what's very interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think they're all pretty... Uh, disturbing to me and they're kind of they kind of tap into a darkness that makes me pretty uncomfortable yeah and i don't like spending my time with but i'm also glad i watched them because they're brilliant i know i th- is that the same director that did i saw the devil and i couldn't finish it i um, don't think it was that director I'm actually but I, it has Troy min sick who's in two of the three yeah he might be in the other one too no he's not in all of them not um, we gotta watch that one movie with him where he's like some composer. It looks like a dead I know. Poet I can never find movie. it anywhere though. That I I no, look for that like once a month. Oh no, it's not the same director. But oh. that's a, that's just another uh, Korean movie that I that one I couldn't finish. Yeah, it, we it were was, watching it and it just there was a lot of there was some sexual abuse too that I just couldn't I couldn't do it. Yeah, but um, and also yeah. for me, I I saw the devil. I know it's it's actually like a pretty well revered movie. It is, yeah, but. I, because we were watching it together. Yeah. Um. And, and I was just like, this movie's pretty, like, really dark. And I'm also not really enjoying it that yeah, much. Yeah, I got to a point, it was a little meandering yeah. for an investigative movie. Yeah. And it got to a point where we get to Min Sik Choi's character. And he is just talking about being a cannibal. But he's talking about it so casually and, like, this is what you do, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, okay, now I'm grossed out and kind of bored. That's yeah. a weird, weird road to be in. On. Yeah, because so, it's kind of like, am, am I? I don't think I'm interested enough to power through something that's making me feel sick, like sick to my stomach. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Whereas there's other movies like Old Boy and Lady Vengeance where I've been like, I'm gonna power through this even though it makes me not feel good. Yeah. You know. So there's our two cents on that. As you were all wondering. And we kind of we kind of had a fun. I could watch Old Boy again. The movie's awesome. It is an awesome movie, but the the end is it's disturbing to me. It's very disturbing. Yeah, uh, that whole movie's very disturbing. I don't know if I could watch it again. Are you remembering the twists and turns? Yeah, that because it takes? it's uh, it's about. Well, I don't want to like ruin it no, for don't, anyone don't who's not seen anyone. it. But it's like it's based on like a myth- mythology. Yeah. Not, it's not based on, it's like a retelling. It's a retelling of an old mythological story. Yeah. So I think maybe for me Yes, that's, folks, that one. <laughs> it can like kind of yeah. separate in my brain. Yeah. But uh, it does, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, but uh, we we kind of did something fun uh, by by accident, but I think it's going to be a tradition now, is, is this year we discovered Indian movies, and mm-hmm. we've been watching a lot of Indian movies. A lot. So we've been having an Indian summer. We've been having an Indian summer, but now that we're this, the day we're recording this is the last day of August. So we are now transitioning into what I'm feeling and what you're fe- feeling as a South Korean fall. Mm-hmm. So, and then I'm thinking we're probably going to have to go a Japanese winter, mostly because I, I want to watch Drive My Car again and some Studio Ghibli. Yeah, 
and then and maybe, watch some other Japanese movies we've probably never heard yeah. of and are awesome. Yeah, and and then maybe we'll watch a uh, uh, we'll have a French Spring. Maybe I don't know. That's kind of what I'm well, thinking. Would love to watch the French trilogy. Yeah. Do you? Oh, did, I, yes. did I tell you that? Um, this is a while ago, but I was watching Community for like the hundredth time, uh-huh. and Britta, who's the worst, said oh, something yeah, yeah, about yeah. like like it's my favorite French trilogy. Blanc bleu. <laughs> so yeah. funny. Yeah. So good. And wake up. Oh, we've been dreaming this whole time. Okay, so let's get back to where we were at because that was all a dream. So this movie's directed by Wes Craven. Um, it's written by Wes Craven. You get the uh, I'm joke. I'm still asleep. Like, so like, where were where are we? Okay, well, do you get the joke though? Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, so then Nancy's mom puts bars on the house. Yeah. Everywhere. And locks it from the inside. inside. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the listener knows what I mean. Nancy can't get out. Yeah. She's a prisoner. Yeah, and um, so now she's worried, and she doesn't want to fall asleep. But she is going. She calls Glenn and says, "I need you to come back over here, meet me on the porch at midnight." I'm going to go back in and I'm going to bring Freddie out. And then she does home alone style sets up booby traps throughout the house. Um, Her mom's trying to force her to sleep. She has the hidden Mr. Coffee, which I thought was funny, but then finding out that like really happened, I'm like, huh? And she has a hidden mug under her pillow. Yeah. Which uh, maybe it's goofy because the mom is incredibly goofy in this movie. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. The goofy movie. He's an extremely goofy movie. Um, And then she's trying to call Glenn again. And Glenn's dad answers the phone, and he's like, quit your calling, and he leaves the line open. Yeah. Now, kids, back in our day, <laughs> we used to have these things called CDs. Also, oh, if you were uh, privileged enough back then, you had your own ginormous small TV in your bedroom yeah. like Glenn does, and he's watching it, and it's sitting on his lap, and I just said, that guy's not having kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he falls asleep. And then she gets a phone call, and it's Freddie, and he says, yeah, uh, I'm your boyfriend now. And the, t- the bottom of the phone turns into a tongue and lips. Ooh. And it licks her. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty fun. And Freddie's come to play. And now Johnny Depp sinks into his bed because he has fallen asleep with his TV and everything. This is practical, people. Practical. And then he... Like blood, like a geyser flies out of the hole in his bed and covers the room. Now, here's the behind the scenes on that. They took that rotating room that they had made for uh, uh, Tina's room. Wow. Thank you for honoring her memory by remembering her name. They changed it. They nailed it all down. Then, you know, they shoot him going into the thing. They flip it over. And then they have the guy who's got all the blood. Do you think? Sorry. Well, wait, let me let me finish this because this is a crazy story. So they have all these guys who are holding the room steady and like keeping it so that it's upside down and the camera's outside of the room and he starts dumping the blood, but there's a lamp that's on the bottom. Well, it's on the R ceiling, ceiling, but it's really the, the floor. And so he's dumping it out of there. Well, this is like bloody water stuff. What happens when electricity hits water? Did it electrocute him? Electrocutes the guy. (gasps) Not dead. But now it's sending... There's this huge pools of blood. And this is what they described as like they had one take to get this. Yeah. Huge pools of blood flying out everywhere. And so these guys who are holding on to the rigs to keep it 
like can't hold the room steady because they're getting like electrocuted and there's like stuff there's like lights popping and all this stuff and so that's how that's why the room like changes its orientation and starts like flipping around and stuff because these oh, guys they can't have, hold they, the room they continued they save they use the shot because that's the only shot they had well and it wound up looking really haunting and cool yeah because the room looks like it's f- flipping all this weird way and stuff like that but it's because they could not hold on to the room anymore <gasps> that's crazy isn't that wild so now what do you want to ask i was just wondering whenever they built the room or like they I got to the point where they like bolted everything down. Uh-huh. Do you think whenever they flipped it, like how many things do you think fell? Because th- it's just so meticulous. I bet the nothing bedroom. fell. Oh. Okay, it's not fun <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I mean, they're they're just so good at their jobs with all this. Although they did electrocute themselves, yeah. so maybe okay, bub. So I think a couple things might have fallen. <laughs> you um, really know how to make a guy feel dumb sometimes. I don't mean to. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, so that happens. That's the coolest kill in the movie yeah. for me. Yeah, Um, And then, so he's been disintegrated. And <laughs> the police come. <laughs> yeah. There's been a murder. Yeah. And uh, it, it's funny when, because Nancy's dad obviously comes, and he's he's going up to the room and everything, and he's like, "What what's going on? Like, what's there? And he's like... Or what happened to him? And he's like, well, when the coroner gets out of the jaw, and he can tell you he's been in there since he saw it. Yeah, yeah. And it's all—it's literally they're just bringing up buckets because it's yeah. literally buckets of blood. Yeah. In the room. And uh, and then Nancy like gets her dad's attention finally, mm-hmm. and she says, "Be here in twenty minutes." Or she calls. That's what yeah. it is. Be here in twenty minutes exactly. I'm gonna bring Freddy Krueger out, and I need you to like stop him once I bring him out. And he's like, okay. And then he just assigns this this kid has been destroyed, turned into liquid. Even if you think your daughter's being crazy, why don't you just watch? Yeah, watch her just in case, because she can't get him to come over. And he's like, nah, they're across the street, by the way. If you're not watching along with us, and he's like, I'll just have my best deputy watch. And he goes, if you see anything strange, you come and get me. And later, when she's banging on the windows and stuff, the the other guy's kind of like, eh, I don't know if that's strange. (laughs) Eh, She's banging on another window. And then eventually he gets the dad. It's like, come on. Because the house starts burning. Yeah. So she does get Freddy to come through. Yeah. And they're struggling, fighting. He's chasing her through the house. He's running into all her booby traps. Um, And then they, they even, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. They even, so eventually they get down to the basement. She lights him on fire. Yeah. Uh, for the second time. <laughs> now, this, I, I'm going to key in here. That scene where he's lit on fire, I was thinking, because there's like four shots, I was thinking, okay, so they did it four different times. No, it's one time. One shot. You can tell. This is probably my favorite effect in the movie. Crazy. Um, because I just, like, you watch it and you're like, there's no way they could do this again. The, the well, fire hazard is insane. I just thought, like, he did one, you know, three, or like a second, they douse him, change the angle, Runs by again, douse him. No, it's one. He runs up the stairs, fall down the stairs, all in one shot. So yeah, so he, different angles. She sets him on fire. He is. He runs up the basement steps, like you said, falls down, gets back up the basement steps. This they probably. I don't know. Maybe they had. This is a different time. But then he is in bed with her mom on fire. 
Yeah, that's it. That's probably a different time. Well, no, he did, yeah, he didn't run up the stairs and get in the bed all in the same shot. I who knows? It's the eighties. <laughs> Sometimes you hear things like, no. "Oh, that's so unsafe. They shouldn't have done that." <laughs> no, that's you not. really know how to make a guy feel stupid. Oh, no. <laughs> so he, yeah, he. It's just incredible. It, it's he's just on fire for so yeah. long. Um, the fire footsteps are cool. The fire footsteps are cool. So yeah, the dad does get in the house. Um, but they don't have no idea what's going on. They start following those fire footsteps. That's when Freddie's in bed with Nancy's mom on fire Uh and her dad throws a blanket over them to put the fire out. Um, and I think he disappears. Freddie's no longer there. Yeah. And the mom is a burnt crisp of a corpse and her hand reaches (laughs) up as her body lowers into the bed. Cool. And she disappears. A fitting, a fitting departure. Yeah. For a character. And then Nancy's just like, you know what? I choose not to give you power. And it makes Freddy, like, disappear. Yeah. And then she wakes up, and everything's fine. Walks outside. It's this brightly lit day. And and here's how Wes Craven wanted to end it. She walks out, end of the movie. Hmm. Done. But Robert Shea was like, no, I would... Well, according to Craven... Robert Shea was like, no, I want to set it up so we can make more movies. Really? But Robert Shea's like, no, I just thought it would be more. No, Robert Shea is like, no, I just thought it would be more uh, interesting if it if it had a different ending than her just leaving happily. Okay. But Craven's like, "Uh, okay, I guess I'll I'll give you your ending. There were always going to be the children singing though. Okay. And then what 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 we get in our ending is the Robert Shea ending. Yeah. Where they go into the car, and I guess they shot like a ton of different things, like somewhere Freddie's driving, somewhere this is happening, some with that. But we but finally in, got this. And this one, none of her friends died. Yeah. Um, and she gets in the car. I, I think, you know, she's still dreaming. Yeah. So she gets in the car with all her friends, but just as a viewer, you're just like, was all this a dream? Yeah. Like, what's going on? The hood of the car slams on top, and it's the color of his sweater. Red and green, yeah. And she's like, get us out, get us out. And the car zips away. And then it does one final shot, which in the, in the never sleep again documentary I was watching. Um, I think it was Robert Shea was saying like, it looks cheesy now, but it wasn't cheesy back then where they take like a doll of the mom and like make it fly through the window. And that's the last shot grabbed by Freddie. Yeah. Pretty lame, but fun. Um, and then it's over Mm -hmm. now. Um, Something that I thought was interesting, Robert England, who plays Freddy, he has always imagined that the entire movie uh, is her dream. And then finally at the end is when she starts having like the the real experience. Mm-hmm. Like this last mm-hmm. sequence is mm-hmm. when is when the movie like like starts, mm-hmm. basically. Interesting. And he's Freddy, so you have to take his word for that. Horror icon. Yeah, you you have to do it. Um, man, we kind of plowed through that. Yeah, just like the movie does. Great movie. It's a great movie. You got any? You got any more words to say before we bid them adieu? Um, no. I just think it's time for me to rest, lay down, rest my eyes. Uh huh. And see what Freddie's up to. Okay. Well, I would just like to say that right now um, I have two singles for my new album out. Um, I'm going to have links in the show notes, and it would mean the world to me if you listen to it. 
you messaged me, let me know what you thought, and shared it with someone. Um, and then on top of that, on our Patreon, in September, we covered Protector 2. And maybe by now it's already taken care of. I don't know. But this October and November, we are leaving up to whoever signs up to Patreon next. So if you sign up for Patreon, hopefully this hasn't expired and we haven't already got two patrons. Well, actually, I hope we do have two patrons yeah. by now. But if we haven't, you sign up and you let us know. It doesn't even have to be a movie with two sequels. It can just be a one-off. And so we have two slots available. That's two patrons. And we're going to cover them for you on our side show. There are exceptions. Or is there like a, a fine print on the movie? I mean, I'm just, I'm not going to watch like pornography. Yeah, obviously. But we have talked about that. We don't care to do Saw. Yeah. Or other movies that I can't think of right now. But I, I mean, I'm, pr- I'm pretty much. I don't want to much- watch Sausage Party. Well, yeah, I mean, it's got to be within reason. We might turn it down if it's, like, just something we really, really can't handle. But, I mean, hey, I've heard some people request weird, you know, like, straight-to-DVD movies. I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to cover, you know, Snow Buddies or something to, to get that patron and have a fun episode. And, folks, we're so close. Let's get the 50 patrons and let's launch the Pixar show on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. We're so close to, it feels like we're so far away, but we're so close to 50 patrons. And you know what? While you're at it, give us a review on Apple iTunes. But thanks for listening. Mm -hmm. Sweet dreams. Good one. One, two, spooky podcast for you. Three, four, lots of blood and gore. Five, six, Freddy's goofy tricks. Seven, eight, another deadly fate. Nine, ten, never podcast again.